Welcome to Good Missouri Politics. Summer's hot, and we are with the guy that knows a little bit about hot topics and controversy. The senator from Tax Cut, Senator Bill Igel. Welcome back to the show. Scott, thanks for having me. Let's start off. Uh, you know, I think a lot of folks thought, oh, COVID's over. We can move on now. I got a vaccine. I thought, okay, fine. Uh, now it moves on. But it, it hasn't. Uh, there's a variant of Delta that's very serious. Um, you know, there's a lot of folks talk about liberty and freedom, as you do. But honestly, just because you might not agree with the approach to a problem doesn't mean this isn't a very serious thing that's, that's really affecting the state now in a, in a deep and, and critical way. That's right. So let me say up front, I've gotten the vaccine. Uh, I've gotten the, the single shot from Johnson & Johnson. Walk me through uh, your thoughts on that. So here's, there is a tremendous amount of data uh, going around right now. Some of it's true, some of it's not true. Uh, here's my takeaways from all the research that I've done is that does the vaccine provide some protection against uh, the COVID virus and it's all of its variants? Uh, the answer to that question is yes. Uh, if you're interested in having some of that protection, uh, the best choice for you to do is to get that vaccine. That being said, uh, as, as a lot of folks have identified, because the vaccine is so new, we don't know some of the long-term effects. And so every action that you take, there's a little bit of risk with that. I've made the decision in my own mind that the value of having some of that protection uh, for myself, for my family, for those around me, is worth that little bit of risk. That's the decision that I've made. I didn't need government to coerce me into that mm -hmm. decision. It was a decision that I came to naturally. And I think that many other Missourians and many other Americans are going to make that same decision for themselves. What I don't support, though, is government trying to coerce anyone into that decision. I don't like the government. What do you mean? Like by um, there's, a, there's a, the state government has a campaign out. Uh, I guess you could say it's educational, but it says they're trying to get you to get the vaccine, right? Mm -hmm. Well, let me give you an example. I think that creating a mask mandate mm -hmm. uh, as a way to try to coerce people into getting the vaccine and getting higher vaccination rates is not a good idea. You know, I you see think that's really the point of this. Like if you folks have decided not to get the vaccine mm -hmm. in, in St. Louis, all over the state, some mm -hmm. folks have just they didn't want to, they've been hassled to. Mm -hmm. So you hassle them with a mask mandate, and mm -hmm. maybe they say, okay, I'd rather just go get a vaccine than deal with this. Is mm -hmm. that, do you think that's part of it? I, I, think that's, I think that's the mindset in certain sectors of the political spectrum. Uh, and, hmm. and, and it's unfortunate, because I don't think it's going to be successful. Yeah. Uh, so from, from my perspective, I think also we, we have to get to a place that we're not tolerant of certain measures from government in order to try to address the COVID epidemic and any kind of economic shutdowns. And mask mandates are an economic shutdown. Uh, are one of the things that I don't support uh, because they don't work. And quite frankly, they cause way more destruction and damage to our communities, our business owners, and our livelihoods than anything that's going to be caused by COVID. So uh, from my perspective, if I'm giving advice to folks, uh, I encourage everybody to do their own research and make a judgment in their own mind about what they think the risk is in terms of contracting the virus. Mm -hmm. And if they'd like a little bit of protection, if they'd like a certain amount of protection that is somewhere, I think that the protection rate is somewhere between 60 and, and 90 percent if you get the vaccine. If you're interested in that and you want to take that step for your family, do so. So what if the St. Louis City and County mask mandate had came into effect, oh, let's say September or April 19th? Mm -hmm. I think that law you passed would have been a lot different, don't you? Well, it, it probably would have looked a lot closer to <laughs> Senate Bill 12, which we, we had uh, we were trying to pass early on in session. Uh, it probably, and, and actually, you know, I, I think that uh, Mayor Jones and uh, County Executive Sam Page have probably restarted a discussion that oh, yeah. a lot of folks maybe thought was over uh, towards the end of the legislative session. And so going into next session, I think we're going to have to have another conversation about the appropriate level of government intervention at the local level. So... Uh, but the bill you did pass, right, mm -hmm. says you can do it. You can do a health order if you feel it's necessary. That's right. It can be in effect a certain number of days. We have to go to your legislative body mm -hmm. and get that order affirmed. 
Is the law you pass not working in the sense that in St. Louis County, you probably have some folks a little more skeptical. Their legislative body met and said no. Mm-hmm. My assumption is the city at St. Louis City, they pass a health, they issue a health ordinance. Mm-hmm. Their elected body, I don't know they overturn it. So maybe the law you passed is we, you want a broader consensus of the people governed mm-hmm. to allow these orders to stand. In the city, you might have it. In the county, you don't. Is that not kind of what you were wanting with the bill you passed? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but like I said, I also think that mass mandates are economic shutdowns. And I think that there is a huge hesitance and a growing hesitance in the legislature and in Jefferson City and around the state that says that economic shutdowns uh, as a matter of public policy are not something that's going to be tolerated. Will it be an economic shutdown, or will it be you and Steve Elm with big buckets just taking all the business in across the river in St. Charles County? Well, I, I, admittedly, I mean, migration, maybe. Admitted, admittedly, I think that there have been some short-term fiscal benefits to St. Charles <laughs> County as some of that business has gone over the river. But, but I, as I've always said about St. Charles County, you know, St. Charles County can't be strong if the region of St. Louis is not strong. And if we, as we've seen, not just from the effects of the COVID environment, but for some of the other economic impacts of the policies that are being enacted in St. Louis city in St. Louis County, which are not good for those areas. Long term, they're not good for St. Charles either. So uh, we're all we're all part of the same region. And that's why the policies are not completely exclusive of one another. So the the St. Louis County health official that issued this order, uh, Mr. Khan, shows up and it would have been tough, right? If you were in that guy's spot mm-hmm. and every single person in the crowd is against what you're trying to do, the, right. city, the county council already said, we're not going to do this, and you give your pitch. Not the easiest situation to be in. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I watched a little bit of that on, on video. I could see maybe a few folks saying something they'd regret, getting caught up in the moment. City got bumped. He called it assaulted. In Butler County, would probably not quite like that, but a little more genteel folks in St. Louis County. Sure. Said he was bumped and things. Uh, looked like there were cops all over there for good reason. Uh, what do you think? What happened there? So I, I've also been in situations uh, where I've been in a room uh, expressing a point of view where it doesn't seem like anybody else agrees with me. I've watched I, people be very <laughs> rude to you. I've watched Sam Page be treated terribly in public right. by folks. I have never. I watched Sam Page deal with that with grace and mm-hmm. dignity. I've watched you smile. It, it, it a little bit David Pierce like, right? How you could hear somebody very disagree and you could smile it's, them, and, and it's not easy. It, it's not well, easy. And you don't uh, flip and, them off. And, and nobody. It, you're, you're absolutely right. It's not easy, and you have to be. You have to have a lot of self control and discipline so that you don't lose uh, control of yourself. But uh, I actually watched the video of uh, this this guy leaving the chamber. I didn't see anything in the video of him leaving the chamber that would indicate or would corroborate his story that someone physically assaulted now, him. Apparently, he said this happened outside. I saw the video from KSDK, and maybe that, maybe it didn't. But I mean, to me, if you're if you want me to take you seriously mm-hmm. as a health expert, right, mm-hmm. that issues orders to make me do things I don't want to do. Mm-hmm. And you're flipping people off. I don't take you as seriously. That's exactly right. That's what, you know. Every if you have a bad moment where you lose your self control, it yeah. hurts your credibility moving yeah. forward. Uh, we, certainly, anybody that's in elected office uh, either knows that or has learned that lesson the the, the, the hard way. But uh, I think that they've got some real decisions that need to be made now in the health department over in St. Louis County. And and I don't know if Mr. Khan's going to be part of that, uh, you know, that process moving forward. You're in the St. Louis region, um, you know. The folks of St. Louis voted for a circuit attorney who had a pretty clear agenda, right? Mm-hmm. And she's done a lot of those things she said she would do, which I always think, agree with it or not, the vote, votes, elections matter. Right. It, some of the stuff, though, has been um, some things you predicted. There's been some competency questions that I don't even think the biggest supporters of the circuit attorney could deny. I mean, there's when folks aren't showing up for trials and, and, and things are getting issued to folks who aren't there, um, it, it, there, there are problems. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's any regret from the special session that they didn't take the bill you passed up in the House and, and make it law? We'll never know. Are um, you, do you think now 
there'll be a renewed discussion. There's absolutely going to be a renewed discussion. And, you know, when we talk about the city of St. Louis, um, you get the, the government you vote for. Uh, but at the same time, a lot of the folks in St. Louis City have been a part of protests that express a lot of dissatisfaction with how things are mm-hmm. uh, down in St. Louis City. So uh, there's a disconnect between what folks are saying when they're on the streets and they're protesting and they're putting out that political message, but then when they go to the ballot box, they're saying something else. They're saying that they want more of that chaos that's coming from whether it's the circuit attorney's office or even the mayor's office. So if you look at St. Louis City, they've had the same party in control of that city going back to World War II. So if you want change, you have to vote for it. If you don't vote for the change, then you're going to be seeing the same policies over They don't and over. want the change. They don't right? want the change. She got reelected by a huge margin. That's right. I had to guess if she ran again, she could get reelected by a huge margin. Exactly they right. Don't want the ch- so where do you break that down to where the state knows better than than the, the voters in that area, that they don't want change, you're going to make them have change. Well, that, that, that's always a tough question for could us to Could you decide. sit in a room with Carla May at now, after some of these things that have happened, could you sit in a room with, with Senator Carla May and say, here are some problems. Is there something, do you need money? Do you need a law change? What is your plan? Do you think you two could get in a room and come out with at least some plan to go forward? So, uh, first of all, I'm glad you used Carla as yeah. an example because Carla and I are actually really good friends. I know. I've been to her district to visit some of her areas, and we actually worked on some economic packages that are going to go into effect through this year's state mm-hmm. budget that are going to help some of the areas in Carla's district. So I'm thrilled that you brought that up. So to answer your question, could I sit into a room uh, with Carla and come up with some solutions for targeted areas of the states? Absolutely. Uh, the conversation that uh, I've I been able to have the thing them, is it almost feels like, and I'm a white trash here, believe on the boot heel, mm-hmm. it feels sometimes like folks are pointing at St. Louis and we're going to do this to you whether you want it or not. Mm-hmm. And if I was in St. Louis, the white trash in me, I'd be like, hell no, you're not. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think maybe people don't talk about that some of the, if you're going to come in with something like that and bring the attorney general in, maybe you should also address some of the economic issues. That the state, if you have the resources to come in and hire more prosecutors, maybe you can go help with something else, food deserts, things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there's a lot of areas that we can work together for some you think of the in a, in a regular session, that give and take is easier. You could Instead of having the yes. one bill, you could have a few Absolutely. more things. Absolutely. In, when we talk about a special session, special sessions yeah. are, are not a great place to have compromise. They're not a great place to discuss the wide variety of things that can affect any particular issue. So we really need to keep special sessions to an absolute minimum. We need to do most of our business in the regular session where we as a legislature have the flexibility to consider all the factors that go into the laws that we pass. So when we come back in in January, that's why I'm looking forward to having some of these conversations. Some of them are big picture conversations that I like to have when it -hmm. it comes to cutting your taxes. Uh, Some of them are more targeted conversations where we can make smaller impacts in targeted areas of the state. We can do both of those, uh, but we've got to make sure that we're doing things that are engendering a a greater sense of economic freedom and liberty because that's ultimately going to be the long-term solutions to whether it's the crime problem in St. Louis or the growth of population. There's an old boy, uh, old Polk County Sheriff on the second floor that agree with you about special sessions. But if they (laughs) happen, hope you come back and talk to us on this week in Missouri Politics about them. Thanks, Scott. Love to be here. We'll be right back with our opinion maker. All across Missouri, our new car and truck dealers are building strong local economies. When you buy a car or truck in Missouri, you're helping to support over 20,000 Missouri families who rely on the auto industry for good-paying local jobs. You're also helping fund our communities, schools, first responders, and our roads because dealers generate millions of dollars in tax revenue. Missouri's automobile dealers have been the foundation of our communities for generations. 
and for generations to come. The Missouri Automobile Dealers Association, the heart of Missouri. For more than a century, the St. Louis Carpenters Union has shaped our communities. Through trusted alliances, we deliver skilled professional craftspeople while our business partners provide the kind of quality jobs that keep our economy humming. It's a blueprint that has worked since 1882. Turning Missouri into a right-to-work state stalls progress, wipes out jobs, and kills momentum. Right-to-work is wrong for everyone. Let's keep Missouri moving forward. Visit carpdc.org to learn more. Your energy needs are changing. That's why at Ameren, Missouri, we're not waiting on the future. We're building it with the Smart Energy Plan. Advancing thousands of projects across the state. Helping reduce emissions through cleaner energy sources. Boost reliability with self-healing equipment. And better withstand storms with new composite poles. Moving Missouri forward and bringing us all a little closer together. That's energy at work. Welcome to Missouri Politics. Busy week this week, Opinion Maker Panel. Jeff Rorda, Mr. Television, the only one on this panel not running for Senate. Welcome back. I was told I was going to be on the McLaughlin Report. I don't know. Uh, we, 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 want, we want real straight Jeff Rorda. <laughs> know that, know that water down. Representative Tracy McCreary running for State Senate now, correct? That's correct. Welcome back to the show. Thanks. Ben Brown, first time on the show. Franklin County guy, right? Yes, but sir. St. Louis County business owners, how people are going to recognize you, aren't they? Yeah, happy to be here. Running for State Senate, correct? Yes, sir. In uh, Fighting Franklin, correct? You got it. It includes Franklin County and parts of St. Louis County. And we had two Franklin County folks on last week. We're keeping the trend up. Nick Shore, uh, the representative from Freedom out in St. Charles County, also running for state senate, right? Absolutely. Bob Onder's seat. He's termed uh, termed out next year, so hopefully I can win that seat. Okay, let's break this conversation up. Let's talk about COVID, then let's talk about masks. I mean, it, it is undeniable. COVID is back. There are people getting sick. There are... Um, it is, it is a serious, critical problem. I've always thought of you as one of the most conservative people I know, one of the more thoughtful people I know. Right. How do you balance it? I mean, I, I think you run a real danger in my house, right? My dad goes and gets the vaccine. My mom will not have it. You can't tell her. How do you, do you run the risk of, in, of inflaming people about COVID correctly and warning them, but also making them think, yeah, that vaccine didn't work. I know it wouldn't. Well, I think as of right now, there's a lot of misinformation from both sides. I think sure. you know, when you look at the, the election last year, the presidential election, you had uh, President Joe Biden and Kamala Harris saying, if that's the Trump vaccine, we don't want anything to do with it. Now they're, they're pushing the vaccine to, to many of the state legislatures, state leaders to inform their delegation and their citizens to get the vaccine. I have no problem with people getting the vaccine. I have no problem with people not getting the vaccine. I, I want them to make an informed decision what is best for them and their families. And as you stated, there are certain cohorts within the state of Missouri, certain age groups, certain groups that have um, maybe some sort of disease, uh, a compromised immune system, sure. that they need to definitely take into consideration the spread of COVID in the, the United States once again. Jason Gray, one of the more liberal friends I have, but one of the more thoughtful people I know. Uh, do you run the risk of when you're, when you're honestly alerting people that COVID is back, this Delta variant, do you make them confirm to some folks that, hey, yeah, I knew that virus didn't work anyway, or the vaccine didn't work anyway? Well, the vaccine does work if you are trying to avoid hospitalization and death. And I think a lot of people, very practical people, should take that into consideration. But right now, this pandemic is still raging, but it's a pandemic 
of the unvaccinated. So I really want to urge people to get a vaccine. I think that's the only way we're going to be able to protect our neighbors and family members. And to Representative's point, you know, there are people around us that cannot get the vaccine. So I think that it's part of us, part of our responsibility as a community to protect those that can't get the vaccine. So for order from Jeff Coe, uh, it's real. The, the Delta thing is a serious thing. If you catch it, it is a bad deal. If you've had the vaccine, it looks to me like, and I'm not the biggest complier, but if you have the vaccine, it's not going to be as bad on you, right? That's, that's, is that the best argument is? Yeah, of course. It, yeah, I mean, and by the way, for the folks at home, we are six feet apart. I, I know it doesn't yeah. look like that. But, um, I mean, it's real. Uh, the the uh, vaccine has, has real positive effects. Social distancing masks have real positive effects. I mean, the problem in this country right now is we're politicizing everything, whether it's COVID or policing. I mean, everything gets politicized and, and we get away from facts. You got folks coming in your restaurant. Um, my assumption is if you want to wear a mask, you can, right? Mm-hmm. Now, where's the restaurant at, first of all? Uh, well, we're, we're allowing people to make that choice for, their, for themselves. I think that a key element that gets lost in this debate often is that uh, an essential aspect of preserving public health is maintaining the trust between the public health officials and the public who they're supposed to protect. And I think that when you have one person or one department acting unilaterally without any oversight or accountability or input from the public, I think that public trust starts to break down. Yeah. And St. Louis County has degraded greatly, and I think that that manifests itself as hesitancy to get the vaccine, among other things. And I think that that's evident if you just look at the Missouri COVID uh, dashboard, where you see that in St. Louis County, you see vaccination of adults at a rate 5% less than the state as a whole, despite the fact that we're employing, uh, paying six figures to a vaccine coordinator. All right. Treasurer McCurry, there was a big St. Louis County meeting. Uh, Sam Bates and Shaw Jones come out and say, we're going to have a mask order. It's going to go into effect for the city and county. Um, it is a really interesting part of this. I don't think there was any, I mean, I don't pick up any sinister uh, plots behind it. I think that's the best thing. I didn't pick up any sinister plots on Rid of Day. Somebody, someone that I know is old school, uh, pretty much brass tacks lays it out to you. When the county council rejected it, it is truly, in my opinion, uh, a real microcosm of what Jeff said. Everything right now, it's like we live in a, in a tinderbox ready to blow up. The county council rejects it. And there was hundreds of people there, including our friend here. Uh, tell me the state in your part of what would I guess would be, we would, would you call that central St. Louis County that, you're, that you represent? Yeah, I would say mid-St. Louis County. I mean, when I'm out and about in my district, in my community, people are wearing masks. Um, but, you know, I also live in a corridor where folks are highly educated, and there's a lot of scientists and folks that work at, at hospitals that are my constituents. So, you know, what I saw the other night, though, um, with the county council is I think I think both aldermen in the city and also St. Louis County Council people, they really want there to be more open communication. And I think what we saw happen the other night is that um, the county council was pushing back on the county executive and saying, hey, come talk to us first. Because I don't think it was really an anti-mask vote. It was a, we don't like the process Other folks who don't follow this, the relationship there is very strained. It is not a <clears throat> harmonious situation by any means. So there's maybe some reasons there's that communication didn't happen. I just wish everybody could just take a deep breath, all of us, and just have like a restart on so many of these things. Thanks, Jor. It, it, it looks to me like if, if this order would have came out April 20th, the law you guys passed would be, oh my God, it would be, there might not even be a St. Louis County Health Department left. I mean, the the, the time is probably fortuitous to them, but this is, frankly, a lot of what you said on the floor, 
you said this could happen again. You said yeah. they might not follow this. You wanted a stronger bill. Now here we are. Well, you've seen it with uh, the NEA has come out stating that they're going to have a cash pile, stockpile of money. Uh, whatever bill we pass uh, in, on critical race theory, they're going to advise their teachers not to follow through. I, that is the, the consensus, I, I believe, across America is that people think they know what's best for them. They're going to do whatever they want despite what the law says. And here, uh, I think uh, Jim Murphy, uh, St. Louis County representative, South St. Louis County, he's been working on this for several years, had, had gotten the, uh, the consent and advice of certain council members in St. Louis to figure out if this does happen again, how can we structure this law that, that encompasses all of these different reasons, not just COVID, but any health order or edict yeah. that uh, does not get the advice and consent of the council and the guidance um, to move forward. You were at this meeting. You spoke at this meeting. Mm-hmm. Very passionate. The uh, the gentleman who's the I guess the head of the health department here or issues these orders spoke. Uh, Mr. Khan. He said he left. He said he was threatened, chest bumped. Uh, I watched part of the meeting. On I, it would not surprise me to see some cat calls and some heckling. But I tell you, I watched Sam Page on election day stand out in the western part of St. Louis County. People said terrible things to him about his family to him. Sam Page stood there. Now, he's a politician. You grow thick skin in the business you all are in. He, wa- he watched all these people said to his face. And you could tell they were pent-up anger just coming at him. He never, re- he never responded. There was no vitriol. There was no anger. There was, there was a grace. That was not exhibited by flipping folks off. I mean, these folks pay your salary. Do you believe that folks were chest-bumping him and stuff? I mean, it looks like there were cops around. The, the story has been refuted. What does your Franklin County smell test think about it? So, you know, I can't speak to what happened once he left the chamber, but the description that was given of the events that occurred when he was still in the chamber, I don't, I don't agree with how those were portrayed. And if you simply watch the video of him leaving the chamber, there was no one shoulder bumping him. Would it be that hard to believe that someone got a little out of hand once he left the chamber? Not really, because pe- pa- uh, passions were high. But and to the, the, to, to, in his defense, there was two friends he had in the whole room of hundreds of people, right? Absolutely. Nobody that showed up as a citizen was there to help him. Yeah, Kelly Dunaway and Sam Page and the rest of that room was probably not sympathetic to him. I agree. It's just you see that the, the racism card gets kind of thrown around, and that mm-hmm. was even used to try to pressure the councilwoman from It was used against rid of days. Exactly, exactly. And when you see that, they're coming out and and accusing Paul Barry of making racist remarks, it kind of undermines the rest of the story, and it makes me it makes me question whether the events really unfolded the way that they're being portrayed in this letter. Let's go to the Missouri Times expert on contentious meetings, Jeff Florida. <laughs> You've been to a few. Um, uh, look, I, I, I felt for the guy a little bit. I mean, he's, at, he's there because he believes this. He thinks that you should do these things, this mass. Th- but, uh, you know, it, it, it wouldn't surprise me to have some people say a few things that maybe his ear was sensitive to and, and caught. Or maybe even misunderstood. The chest bumping, what do you think? I mean, you had, you had some of your guys there. You know, county cops were there watching this meeting, because as they should have been, it was pretty contentious. I don't know. What do you think of the story? Well, I, I mean, I just wasn't there. I don't, I don't know what to think of, of the accusations and cross-accusations. But again, I mean, the, the fact that these things have, have boiled over the way they have is, is you know, poorly f- reflective on, on both sides. And I, I got to tell you, Sam Page may be the, the smartest person I ever served with in the House of Representatives, and I just don't understand why Sam hasn't been able to um, more successfully build a coalition. I certainly don't understand why he um, um, is, is, is thrown in with, with Deshara Jones, who is toxic. I mean, she had a 10-minute honeymoon after being elected and, and, you know, and now is at war with everybody, and 
Um, you know, I think I think he should take a step back and try to work on building a coalition, bringing some people in. Fifteen seconds, Nick Shore. If there's a business owner that's deciding right now whether he's going to ask all of his employees to get vaccinated, like several have, give me the ten-second pitch on why you shouldn't do that. Well, I think you have the right to do that as a business owner. I, I would say there's so many unknowns with the vaccine right now, the long-term effects we've seen. Um, it, it's even been reported that there are 40% of the people now, and it's been reported, I have not uh, verified this with the CDC, but in Missouri, 40% of the people that are fully vaccinated are getting the Delta variant again. Um, there's so many unknowns. I would just say, look, advise them to do what's best for them and their families. My sister in West Butler County is so stubborn. She won't get the vaccine. Give me, give me 10 seconds on how I could convince her to get it. I think Missourians are compassionate people and care about their neighbors and their community, and they should get it for the greater good. It's for the people around them as much as for themselves. Did you hear that, Sierra? She's trying to convince you. Uh, let's talk about crime in St. Louis. Jeff Rohr, that's, um, you've, the lot of things that you frankly have said and predicted have come, come to pass. There's some things. That I think even the biggest Kim Gardner supporter right now would say, well, some of the things that are happening are things that shouldn't be happening in a in a prosecutor's office. You sounded this alarm and some of the things it looks like you predicted are coming true. I'm not happy to be right, but I mean this is what happens when when you say you're running for office to to fix a problem when you're really running for office to to create a problem. I mean Kim Gardner, Deshar Jones, they do not want any sort of criminal justice reform. They they want to dismantle our criminal justice system and you know Kim Gardner's brand of, of criminal justice reform is just amnesty for the, the the most brutal murderers in the country we're, we're in we're in the deadliest city in the country we could we could reduce our murders in St. Louis by a third and we'd still be the second deadliest city in the country I mean it's it's incredible that that, that voters haven't woken what's up. the answer voters voters get the government that they that they choose and they need to choose differently Make sure there was a special session a year ago or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe you filed a bill yeah. that would have taken some of these murder cases, some of the load off, that case where no one showed up. I do believe Eric Schmidt would have had somebody in court Absolutely. that day. Yeah, it's, it's sad that, you know, the, the people on this panel dealt with this. We tried to deal with it uh, last year. Unfortunately, the bill was not taken up. I know the Senate uh, ended a filibuster on this very topic. And myself, Jim Murphy, Senator Eigel, and Senator Onder worked on this diligently. Um, but we predicted it. We, we knew that they were understaffed. We knew that the, the turnover rate was so high that cases like this would happen. And I'm talking about murderers getting let, let go back out on the street. Unfortunately, when Tashar Jones is asked, how are you going to deal with this? How are you going to fix it? It's not my, my duty. Um, it's not my department. So I think we all need to work together. Tashar Jones ran on the idea of crime is a regional issue. We've got people in St. Louis County, in St. Charles County, in Franklin County wanting to step up and be a part of this coalition to fix this crime. Unfortunately, we don't have the leadership in St. Louis that we should have. With a minute left, two on the week. I think attorneys Chuck Hatfield and Lowell Pearson for the victory in front of the Missouri Supreme Court regarding Medicaid expansion. Who won the week? Uh, the, Rob Nodell, uh, who, who made a very courageous, strong statement about state employees getting vaccinated, put politics aside. Well, Simo pitched there. Who won the week? I'd have to say the St. Louis County Council. After a year in which they were left out of all decision-making and kind of brushed aside, you had um, Shalonda Webb and Rita Days that were disenfranchised earlier in the year by people that were backing Page. And I think that it was... Uh, 
the way they exerted themselves to kind of take some of that power back, I think that in the long run it's going to lead to better governing of the county. On the mask issue, you knew that mask issue had problems when Ernie Tragus was like, no, I'm not there. Yeah. Right? Oh, absolutely. You, know, you know this is going down. Who won the week? The tallest attorney general in America. <laughs> I think not only for what he's doing, um, filing amicus briefs uh, to support pro-life issues, he stood up uh, against uh, the crime wave in St. Louis last year. He's continuing to do it, and he's raising a heck of a lot of money in his Senate race. I am going to say former Governor Jay Nixon. Very hard to go out on top, but if you do, he did. I know a lot of folks encourage him to get back into politics with the Senate race, but I think he, uh, when he says he's enjoying his life right now too much to get involved, I, I kind of believe him. I look forward to hearing his uh, speech in, coming up in Clay County. We'll see you next week on This Week in Missouri Politics. Politics sponsored by the Missouri Association of Career Fire Protection Districts, Spire, and Sterling Bank.